Welcome to Four Points and Friends, the podcast that discusses Indigenous media by Indigenous media makers. I'm your host, Luella Bryn. This is a Four Points Audio Productions podcast. Today we got with us a very special guest. I'd like our guest to introduce himself. He's one of my favorite people reading one of my favorite authors. Um, so how about you introduce oh. yourself? Hey, <laughs> hi, I'm, I'm Charlie Mullock, and I'm a big fan of a fellow Eskimo, Chuck Paula, Paula Nuck. I think he's an Eskimo too. It sounds Eskimo-ish, so. I'm in my sister's place. I just found this on the wall, so I thought I would give it a peruse, but we're on the air right now. What's going on? Yeah, I'm a, a, a radio DJ, stand-up comedian. Uh, I've known Luella. Um, the first time I met her was, uh, actually, we've never met, have we? Mm-mm. No, just uh, we're just social. Facebook friends. Yeah, that's what it is. Okay, I knew. It. Sorry, I was to make up some cute angle, but I, that, this is it for some talking to you face to face through Welcome the through the through magic the of Zoom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The magic but of I've Zoom been, that everyone hates. I love. Yeah, Zoom. I was. I, I I like it because it it, it uh, they all say it makes the world smaller or whatever you know new technology, uh, but you know. We grew up on reservations and everything, and the world was small anyway. But this yeah. just helps us get uh, more prepared and maybe do more things, you know, and that sort of thing. But um, but I, I love the fact that you're venturing into uh, a sort of performance because I know you're a reporter and you uh, journalist. Yes. You know, uh, yes. I'm not quite sure what what term you prefer to use yourself. Um, what would you call truth. yourself? Speaker of truth. There you go. Right. Um, yeah. Almost savior, famous. You know. Savior of the community. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You no, to, um, I here. I prefer journalists because I do more than just reporting. I edit. I can do I can do page design now. Uh, that was trial by fire. Ah. Um, I I learned how to put a website together over the last few weeks, so that was fun. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I love lateral moves because, uh, uh, like you said, out of necessity, you have to learn how to do something, and you, if you have a vision and um, you got to like, you know, go with it and, and learn how to do it, you know, because that's that's why I got into radio. I was like, I want to want to learn how to do this because I, I watched all the media of it, like WKRP in Cincinnati. There was a movie in 79 called FM and uh, Chorus Good Morning Vietnam. And then uh, and right before I got on radio, I watched this movie called uh, Pub of the Volume with Christian Slater. He was a pirate radio oh my DJ God. That was in, the in his basement in high school. Yeah. And um, yes. um, I got in. And I got in radio right out of high school, like uh, a few months out. I was 18 years old. And it, for the last 30 years, I'm 48 now. And sorry, I just realized I'm still holding this chapstick. I was like, I, I was I, have, I was outside in the car because I thought you were going to be in your car smoking a cigarette like your, your podcast, you know. the. the I know uh, I want to smoke really bad. I might light up what? in the house. Yeah, dude. <laughs> it's your thing, man. You know, do what you want to do, like the old song says. But I, there's a guy working outside, and it was really loud. So I, I uh, moved indoors, and I was going to put some chapstick on, but I was like, oh, I can pretend like I'm smoking a cigarette because I thought we were smoking cigarettes. And I, I don't have any cigarettes. I apologize, but I do, with the native theme, I do have a cup that has this on it. Some kind of native oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. And, and to, coastal. Yeah. yeah Coast, make it more authentic, art. too. I've got, yeah. I've got uh, one The art of your people. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're more, we're more, being Eskimo, we're more inland. We, my brother's married to a, a coastal uh, Eskimo. They go harpooning every year and they, do the whale fest, you know, uh, in oh, June. Awesome. But yeah, like I was trying to say, I got one part 
uh, Lysol and three parts water. So I would try to make it a little more authentic to, you know, that's, that's the bell nap. That's the bell. Since, nap. I don't, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Since I don't have a cigarette, so I thought I'd get something else carcinogenic inside of my body right now. So, uh, <laughs> Four points. Four points. Four points. So um, I do. I have a podcast called Smoke Break with Luella, and it's just me ranting about the week. It's good. It's good. I, I listen to it, and I'm like, where's your intro music? Where's the background? And then the more I listen, you, you address it. You're like, well, I just want it to be raw and what you call, because um, uh, I'm thinking to myself, this, this could be because, you know, being me being in public uh, or public and commercial radio for 30 years. I'm like, she could punch this up by like getting some music. And then, then you actually dress like, well, I just wanted to be raw, just sitting around. Uh, the yeah. It's, it's a smoke warm. break. It's, it's like yeah, when you go outside and you need, you need to just let something out and have a cigarette and just, blah, that's what Again, that is. I got, I got you. Cause that, that's why you do it in your car as well then. Right. Mm-hmm. A lot of folks will smoke in their car and everything. Okay. All right. I yeah. got you. I got you. And yeah, so, I, I was, this podcast that we're recording today is four points and friends and so this will be like a polished finished intro oh. outro yeah so this is so scratch the lysol and water then yeah, yeah. so drink that up <laughs> <laughs> i have no idea I so what i don't even use for breeze oh my god just rub <laughs> a fabric softener on you yeah there you go i like a it. water like it. a water bottle with some downy and water and just spray it on every morning well i i joke on stage that you know dealing with racism or whatever and and somebody says to me i thought you drank lysol or your people drink lysol i'm like no it's lemon pledge because it tastes better you know i i have no <laughs> frame of reference to that at all i kind of <laughs> People are like, what's that like? I'm like, it's a joke. There's no practical application in that. So yeah, it just tastes laugh like and move on. It tastes like um, lemon pledge. <laughs> right. It tastes like it smells. <laughs> you know, lemon heads like that. Yeah, but it tastes worse. like lemon heads dipped in yeah. lemon pledge. Um, <laughs> Sorry, that whole aside aside. Uh, yeah. Back to your mission, which I uh, crippling addictions aside. For. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no, yeah, but, uh, that's what it is, though. What you're doing is is a crippling addiction. It's what I I got on the radio for is mm. for the fun of it, and because I, I drank the Kool Aid, weirdly enough, getting back to drinking stuff um, yeah. of of my my mom, my my high school counselors. Like they said, do what you love. It was a simple credo, and I'm like, how can I do that? And then I I, I um, wanted to become a comic book artist, and I won a scholarship to go do that, but then I didn't have money to move down to Georgia to uh, SCAD, Spanish College of Art and Design. Mm. So I got a radio instead because it was, you know, you can make uh, infinitely less money at it and and have fun, though, at the same time. So it keeps your soul alive, not so much your body as far as nourishment goes with groceries and oh, oh, yeah. electricity or whatever. So, But, it, it, you know, it's fun. I mean, and and, and I, I get excited every single day because nowadays I'm working from home. I'm, I'm remote working, you know, and I've got a studio at home and everything and uh, doing a show for Bozeman and um that sort of thing so it's 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 uh it's been it's been a weird journey you know uh with with technology and like obviously since we're doing this and everything and but you're going uh you started out of school doing doing print uh and now you're getting into podcasting you guys you want to start your own empire which you know is is ambitious and fun and scary and oh what's it been like for you i actually um came out of school as a print journalist we didn't have back then they called it new media (laughs) so 
now journalism students in Missoula, they'll come out with audio and video training. I didn't have any of that. So I just oh, wow. came out knowing how to write articles, edit articles and do page design. Um, but it was right. super min minimal page design. And um, I just came out with those hard skills and um, public affairs reporting was kind of my forte. So I came out uh, as a crime reporter in Hamilton oh, wow. and um, was there for six months and transferred to the Gazette. And I was there so for two that, years. Yeah. What's, what's, what's it like in Hamilton? Cause isn't that where they filmed, was there a movie out there called like disorganized crime? Wasn't that that Blue Diamond Phillips? Remember our, our fellow native brother? <laughs> did, did he have a movie? It was I swear it was filmed in Hamilton called Disorganized Crime with him and Herman Munster and Corbin Burnson and stuff back in the late 80s. But that, all that aside, wasn't sorry, it we I think it was Weebo. I think they were supposed to be in oh, Weebo. That, that, oh, that was um that was, or was that oh, a different God. That was knock get, around guys. Yeah, yeah and they get Diesel, stranded in Weebo. Pepper, yeah, and yeah. The, the nerdy kid from um uh Poor Robot Barry Chicken. Pepper. Poor Barry ah, I know he had that guy's career never took off. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he did all right. Sorry. Anyway, so I but, did two um, years, two years at the Gazette, which is the biggest paper in the state at the time. I don't know what they're doing now. God, who knows what's going to happen to them? A hedge fund is buying them. Oh, really? Yeah, and they're selling their buildings, so we might not so even what, have a Gazette here soon. What's I was going to say? What if, if something big like that buys it? Uh, uh, can they inject their own ideas and ideologies behind it or, or can they influence hedge, stories? Oh, oh yeah, definitely. Why and is, that, that hedge fund is known for stripping down newspapers and selling off assets. So oh, wow. there might not even be a gazette in the near future. Who knows? So, so does that um, piss you off as a reporter, as a, as a true journalist no. of truth sayer? No, because as an employee who got laid off, from the Gazette when I was pregnant and just bought a house. Um, F those that, guys. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, li it, it's you, a little vindication. It's a little no, no, vindication. I, I feel bad for the employees there who are super loyal to the company. Right. But I I mean, I can, when, once I get funding, that just means I have a lot of people to choose from. <laughs> gotcha. So did you, did you like crime reporting? Was it Interesting oh, I love crime reporting. When, when, when people tip over into that, cross that tipping point into something very illegal and they act on it, and then you, you can see how it's oh. like, a, like a Rorschach of people's psyches. Like, this is what their impulse is to do, you know? I mean, it that, is, that fascinates me, you know? It, I've always been into true crime since I was a kid. I've always been fascinated by kind of that, you know, what makes a person cross that line. Yeah. And a lot of times it's necessity. Right. Uh, a lot of times the 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 factor is money, oh, yeah. um, addiction, um, unchecked mental illness. But so when I covered crime in Hamilton, it was bizarre land down there. A lot of people moved to Hamilton and to that valley down there to hide from society. Well. Because it's so isolated and it's so far from everywhere. It's it's an hour from Missoula, but it feels like the middle of nowhere. And yeah, so I, I spent some time is, out there. There are some crazies down there. And some of the crimes that were taking place were really demented. 
just really, really like, I mean, I covered a trial for a guy who was sexually assaulting his own child. The mother knew about it and her solution was to put a lock on the inside of the girl's door rather than report it. Jeez. And he built a tunnel up in the ceiling crawl space of the house wow. down into her closet because he couldn't get through the door. Like that's how desperate he was to get into her room. Man. And, so the and then I covered another story of a, a woman who found a vial or she found a locket it was like a pocket watch. She found it. And the state law apparently says if you post in the local newspaper of record for so many weeks and no one claims it, you can you can claim that found property. So or if you post it in a public building like a courthouse or a, a county building. So she posted it in the basement of the city building for six weeks in the basement where no one goes, where they have like a conference room on a bulletin board at the end of a hallway. And then a year later, she takes it in to get repaired. And the guy who repairs the one jewelry repair guy in town, he recognized it and he knew who the owner was. So he contacted the owner. She contacted the lady. And then they went to small claims court and battled it out for two years. For a lot. For it was like a pocket watch. And this woman, her last name was seed, like a flower seed. Mm. And then all her kids came to testify on her behalf that she was a good person. But they all had like the weirdest names like Pumpkin and Wildflower. And her one son's name was Huckleberry. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, then, and then everyone was like, oh, her son Huckleberry, he's famous. And I was like, how is he famous? I've never heard of, of Huckleberry Seed. And they're like, no, he, he goes by Huck. And I was like, Huck Seed? And they're like, yeah, he played in the World Series of Poker. And I I um, Googled him and he did. He played in the World Series of Poker. He like lost phenomenally badly in the first round, but he did play in the World Series of Poker. Oh, Huck God. Seed. You know, you know, when he hits on girls, he does that line from Tombstone, right? I mean, he, oh, I, mean, I would I would if I had it. Yeah. yeah. I, I use that line and that's not even my name. <laughs> By the way, so, is your name Brian or Brian? How do you say your last Bryn. name? Bryn. Bryn. Bryn's a okay. Twin. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Because I, I heard in your podcast, um, and I, I was um, the smoking in the car and the whatever. What's it called again? Smoking in the rain. No. Smoke break. Singing, smoke break in the rain with. Luella. Oh my! La my last episode was ranting in the rain. Oh yeah, that's what it was. It was. Yeah, that, yeah, that's what I heard too. But uh, no, it's 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 fun. But um, yeah, I I. I I want to get into podcasting. I've, I've, uh, keep saying I'm going to. My brother even bought me two studio mics from where he works at Music Villa in Bozeman. And I, oh. and I, now, now I've got the home studio for the radio stuff. So I'm busy doing a couple of radio shows a day in that, you know, but I want to take any extra time I can and, and do my podcast. I don't even know what I'm going to call it yet. I mean, I got several ideas. Actually, one I heard I was, I went for my walk earlier, uh, when you got a hold of me and I sent you that picture of me on the street. But, um, you were, <laughs> you said you, you waste money all the time and you waste time all the money. I'm like, that's a great <laughs> podcast name. Wasting time all the money, you know? And, yeah. and, I don't know, but it uh, made me laugh. But I'm also thinking of 11 Wiseacre a lot, you know? Um, oh, yeah. Because nobody ever uses the word Wiseacre anymore, you know? Like oh, a funny I know. Guy or whatever. So, yeah. You're but, you Wiseacre. Yeah, so, exactly. But uh, we'll see how it goes. So 
I rarely ever hear of natives in the radio, on the radio. Um, I heard, you know, being on the radio, like traditional radio is not huge right now. I know some people in like radio news, but like, like DJs, disc jockeys. (laughs) I don't commercial radio, commercial radio. (laughs) I just, I don't hear much of that anymore. So how did you break into that business? Um, uh, Like I said, I won a scholarship to Savannah college of art design uh, when I was 18, right out of high school. But I went down there, visited the place. I was the first kid from Montana to ever win that scholarship. And, and it was a blast and I wanted to go there because it was like a, it was like a, like a, like a, like speech and drama on steroids, you know, all these creative oh, folks yeah. hanging out and, and just being pretentious a-holes and whatnot, you know, but, oh, doing, man, that sounds fun. but doing great, but doing great art, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, that's a lot of, you got to be bold to do some of that kind of stuff, and, but maybe not be the best person to, to know. I don't know what Chuck Pollen, Eskimo Polinuk, what's he like, you know? What's, who knows? But um, you enjoy their their art and everything. So I, I came back to Montana and I worked the summer as a janitor with my cousin. My mom got me this job in Harlem there. And September came at the beginning there. And I'm like, at my girlfriend's place in Malta. And I'm like, I, I need to find a job. I look in the paper. And her mom comes up because uh, the radio station's hiring. And I was like, I always thought that was kind of a whimsical and fancy thing to do. That you had to be a certain kind of personality to do it and and i was interested in small town radio um it's you know very conservative and everything and and i liked uh being the guy that stuck out not only you know visually but on the air i try to make it fun because watching all these movies of idealized versions of real people like uh adrian cronauer and good morning vietnam you know mm-hmm. and, and like i could do this you know and maybe i can't hit that that uh that you know, benchmark of hilarity or zaniness or whatever, you know, but I like, I can give it a go and have fun with it. And I just kept doing it because it was, it was fun. I would drive 90 miles one way to work. To, I, I, we moved from uh, Malta, my girlfriend, and I had to have her. And every day, you know, 90 miles, one, 90 miles back five times a week and uh, worked at another station on weekends. I got another job there at Caraway K and Chinook, but my first job was KMR in Malta. And the guy, I had interviewed him for like three or four times and, and, uh, he kept saying, you sure you want to get into this? You know, I'm like, yeah. And then uh, he didn't tell me that you don't make a lot of money in it. Obviously, I knew that, but I made enough to get gas back and forth. And um, it was just, it was fun, you know, to, to, because at first I thought you had to become a character. You had to get your, uh, like a fake radio name and be something different. But the whole trick of it is, is you just take your own personality and, and run with it. You know, you learn how to finesse it a little bit, and jazz it up, whatever, and make it um, uh, presentable. Hopefully a lot of people will, will dig it, you know, and, but I, yeah. I've seen DJs who are, who are weird and they got their own different thing going on. Um, I, I just, I just like to have fun. I don't care which way anybody leans. Uh, I just, I want you to have a good time, you know, and uh, be entertaining and, and all of that. So that's why I admire folks like you who uh, take on the hard questions or, or, like I, I can't imagine being a crime reporter, you know, trying to get, trying to suss things out and and uh, find different details and different things and maybe motivations behind people and whatnot. Um, yeah, I, I I try to keep I a little bit lighter, you know. What I'm saying <laughs> just to, um, just spread the levity, you know. I, people are 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 dealing with all kinds of crap in their real life, and I I'm, I try to augment that. And as far as my style goes, is. Uh, be like a, a the juxtaposition of entertainment and exposition, you know, um, 
uh, here's this story. Something's going on down in Florida or whatever. And, and, uh, but have my own little fun take on it or whatever. And, and yeah. Hopefully people are smiling or laughing or, or at least going, what the hell was that? You know, what are they doing down there? Or whatever. And, um, you know, and that led to comedy uh, in 2010. I, 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 uh, was watching, I think it was, um, what was I watching cable? And there was, a um, a comedy thing on, it was called, um, uh, going native. I think it was called, uh, the Indian oh. comedy slam. And I thought it was like, Indians from India, you know, comedy. And like, oh, I love, uh, you know, these guys. I love Russell Peters. But no, it was like natives, you know, like Charlie Hill was the host. And I had met that guy once, actually. Um, I won a scholarship to the the FEDA, the first uh, Americans in the Arts Awards. And they uh, flew me down to L.A., the college did, MSU Bozeman. And he was the host. He was the MC, And he was just ripping everybody, a new one, yeah, you know, yeah. my gray eyes, making fun of him on stage. Like, this guy's got balls, man. This guy is funny, you know. And, and then I find out he was a comedian. Like, we can be comedians. You know, we can be comics, you know. <laughs> right. I mean, we, I, can, we can do things. <laughs> yeah. I, and I was like, Williams and Ree, you know, I, I knew of them. But I, the, the one guy didn't look, you know, being an ugly American by proxy. I was like, I don't, he doesn't look native, you know. He's right, looking for right. the stereotypical. I'm looking for the stereotypical garb and whatnot, you know, or, yeah, the, or yeah. the brogue, the res brogue, you know. And but yeah. uh, so that tickled my fancy, and, and I I looked more into it, and I found an open mic here in Billings, and went um, uh, a couple weeks after that. But weirdly enough, I, after I saw that that special um, on Showtime or something, it was. But um, I saw one of the comics, J.R. Redwater, was performing at my old high school where I graduated. The week after that. So I went up there and saw, met him. I was, uh, I was still doing some radio stuff there for KGBA uh, on that red station. And I hadn't come out and do an interview. And he was like, he didn't want to do it. He was like, oh, fine. I'll give him like 10 minutes, whatever. But it get there. We talked for like two hours. It was great. Man. We had just a blast because he knew that I loved comedy and movies and everything else and just pop culture in general. And the fact that I like to entertain, no matter what we talked about, it was, it was fun, you know, and, and, and interesting. So, um, nice. so yeah, I, I got to, uh, Oh, he's Mike, a good guy to too. I I met him. He's a really good guy. Yeah, he he hosted us down in um uh, L.A. at the Laugh Factory in West Hollywood. But we got to uh, stay at his place, and he he had, he made us uh, go through um, our set five times in his garage. He's got like, a little tiny stage, oh like, two cool, feet by three feet, and a microphone stand with a working mic and a, uh, a speaker. And he would make us do like five times and just go up one after another until we had it all down pat because he wanted us to have a good uh, good show there. And uh, then he hosted nice. us there at the at the at the Laugh Factory, and Paul Rodriguez came in and closed out our show. And um, oh my god, I, I'm like so I love cool. that guy, you know. And that's I, I, so freaking like, cool. Yeah, I know. I mean, did it's, you, it's, you fan cool girl out? I did. I used yes. to watch back in the '80s. I saw you in the world's fastest Indian with Anthony Hopkins. You were funny in that movie, you know. And he was oh, thanks, but I, I didn't realize I pissed him off because I ran the light. They told us we had uh, eight minutes to do our, our set. And my light came on at four minutes, which means you have a minute to wrap up. And I'm like, wait, they said eight minutes. They're now they're telling me five, but I did the whole eight minutes. So I ran, I, I burned the light, they call it, and ran past what I had to do. And, and, uh, and he was waiting to get on stage. So we had to go through faster so we can work on his new 45 minutes. Yeah. But he was overall, it was pretty nice. But, uh, yeah, cool. some, some comics are weird people, man. Some are very egotistical. Some are very giving, you know, and, um, so it's kind of fun to, to sort of mine that knowledge from different comics and even the ones that are kind of pretty much like assholes by design uh mm -hmm. they got the experience at least so it's kind of a hard thing to are you actually smoking now i don't have yes. where's my all right yes, yes. 
<laughs> I just not noticed. Sorry, I was, I was, I was, I was, I wasn't watching yours. I was watching mine because I'm making okay. sure I looked okay. You know? that's, that's, sorry, making sure this uh, coat looks all right. I spent spent a lot of money on it, so <laughs> I went to Kohl's. <laughs> no, I yeah, no, I got that pennies back in 05 Just dug it out again. I, I lost some weight, so I'm like, I can fit this coat again. I can't necessarily button it all the way, but. It goes, it goes on. It goes on. I give my both my arms in it and everything. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's that was the comedy journey, and I like doing comedy because it complements the radio stuff because you can make it more uh, kinetic and, and succinct, and, and plus at the end do a little little tagline, a little punchline, or Sid Caesar said you put a little curly cue. Humor puts a little curly cue at the end of your thing there. And oh yeah, I like that. Plus, radio complements the stand up. And I don't like any dead air on stage. I like it to keep moving, you know, and, and yeah. uh, be energetic and whatnot. Some comics, they move slower, like Stephen Wright, and that's by design. Um, but me personally, I am i don't drink coffee because I'm, I'm already wired, you know. I drank coffee once. I got some free coffee from McDonald's. They gave it to me because they didn't have any orange juice. And I was going to go do my morning show. And I'm like, oh, free, sure, I'll take it. And I drank it, and I could not calm down. I had to physically tell myself, compensate slow down and yeah. you know and, yeah, and uh, before down, i went in the air down. and it was I'm, i never drank coffee again it was it was uh it's that it stuff puts, was rough it man slows me down it calms it? me down coffee yeah wow. i have okay. i have adhd so it calms oh, me down yeah yeah my, my son has that and it, it's it's very interesting to because uh my old co-host uh blake the intern had adhd as a kid and i was wondering why at 20 years younger than me he's got all these same references and whatnot, his brain's always firing. So it's kind of fun to watch people, um, uh, for me anyway, who, who have that to to uh, what they're like in real life. And Charlie is just a firecracker. He just retains stuff. So I gotta watch what I say around him because at four years oh, old, yeah. he was cussing in Head Start here in Billings, you know, and, mm -hmm. and his mom was a lot more harsh. So he's saying all these harsh things in class and whatnot, thinking he's funny because we as adults were laughing at it or whatever, you know, so. Yeah, but, uh, they, but they now, absorb, now, okay. they absorb now, now everything. I get the, uh, I understand you a little bit more, and I, you know, and I, I'm I like Blake. He now works for iHeartRadio. He was my intern or whatever. Now he works for alongside Ryan Seacrest and everything because uh, he just like got that drive to go go go. So and I, I can see that in you now. I was like, man, where yep. should you get that energy from? So it's I, I understand it can be also a curse as well because he it's, has it's go and then sleep. Yeah, yeah. For because last hours. night we're we're at my daughter's house out in Laurel, and and he just lays on the couch, and my my older daughter's like. Really, he just fell asleep. Like, wow, yeah, he's been going all day. You know? yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you just go, 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 go. My, my, one of my twins is like that. It's constantly go. The one that's going to school at Rocky, constant, yeah. constant, constant. And then, honestly, that boy can sleep for fifteen hours. Oh, I remember those days. It's hard for me to sleep. I, I think I balance it out, right? But I get older, and I've got, I got stuff I want to do. Especially when you get older, like forty-eight now. But once you start getting at the the notion of mortality and it really sets in like if you lose a parent or any relatives friends that sort of thing and uh people who are younger than you when they die that freaks me out like i went to yeah. school with them man they're like tears behind me you know back yeah. in high school and once that well, sets in this weird sort of macabre uh humor sets in you know yeah my sister that, was just telling me you ever notice mom when she when she feels like she's in danger she just laughs and like yeah we almost got ran out the road in vegas one time she was giggling up a storm and couldn't stop laughing. I was like, 
yeah. was I was I was bad. I was cussing because I was driving. This guy cut us off. almost ran us off the road. You know, so yeah, it's kind of funny to see how pr- people process it. Nervous energy. Well, that's yeah. what prop. That's really what prompted me to to start this whole venture was my cousin who I was really really close to. He's like one of my brothers. He was the same age as me. Got COVID and in 21 days he was gone. Wow. And that's crazy. Uh, otherwise a healthy person. And right. That was like the wake up call. I was enjoyed my work, but was really unhappy with who I was working for mm. and would wake up every day thinking, what am I going to do to disappoint these people? Because nothing I do is good enough for them. Right. And it got to the point where it felt like a toxic marriage. Oh yeah. Yeah. Or like that yeah. relationship where you're just like, walking on eggshells every day because you don't right. know what's going to set off that person and right, yeah, like, exactly. and, yeah and i dealt with that relationship already and got rid of it and moved on from it and healed from it and i was like why am i putting myself through this again for a paycheck that's right. clearly not enough money because i'm always broke when yeah, i could that's... be broke doing something i love and working for myself right yeah that's that's the bane of uh our existence as like you know people who want to do what they love. You know, I, I lucked out just because of the fact that I stayed with it long enough and, and moved to a bigger market or whatever, you know, and um, I just, I've worked for places where I, I wasn't, I know I wasn't really appreciated, you know, I maybe appreciate the fact that I'm there. At least there's a body there doing that, yeah. you know, but I want to do, I want to do it, you know, um, um, spectacularly or whatever, or, you know, something yeah. make it memorable and fun or, or at least make people laugh, you know, because, like I said, this is why I'm in it. It's for entertainment. You know, I want to make sure people are are okay as well as myself. Because I I just love that that laughter. Because it, it was a fluke, actually. I was thinking about this the other day uh, how I got into love of microphones and uh, performing. I, w- I was in Head Start when I was four years old, and I I won my first art contest. And they said, "Draw what you love." And I was in Notby Elementary in uh, Browning, up in Browntown there, and 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 so I drew. My happy place, which was uh, PE class, we had a blue parachute in there. You throw it in the mm-hmm. air, you run under it, you know, or under. It's like its own little world, and it was great. And that was my safe space. And so I drew that, but I'm like looking down on it. So I drew the blue parachute, and I drew all of his kids holding on to it. And I'm not color coordinated. I wear a lot of black and blues and grays, but I, I wanted to get adventurous. And um, I took a couple of the color crayons and colored each person a different color. And what the judges saw when they came to see win the contest, uh, they saw the earth and all the different races holding hands around the earth. So oh they thought it was that. So by a fluke, I won the contest. So to win the, the, the prize was 50 bucks. And um, they had a, a basketball game, like a high school basketball game. And a guy came out of the microphone in Browning there and he announced the winner of the contest. And, and I came out and my nickname is Moose. And I always has been since I was two days old. Well, my grandma gave me that name because I was born in Alaska or whatever. But, um, he asked me on the microphone, hey, what's your name, little guy? And I'm like, Moose. And the whole place just erupted and laughed. And I loved it. I was like, uh, oh, man, that's awesome, man. I yep, love the crowd. Yep, 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 like, yep. All like, you know, walking back, you know, fancy. And, and um, so that's why I got into speech class when I was a freshman in high school, because I wanted to try to learn how to t- talk in front of people and not be nervous about it or weird about it. Because I hated doing book reports out loud. And, and uh, the next year, I got into speech and drama. And I was horrible at it. I did uh, HOI and SOI uh, serious. Oh, I did. I did SOI. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I did uh, Chief Seattle's speech, and and they the the people uh, in Harlem loved it so much that uh, they invited me to go to Helena and do it in the rotunda. And I was like, uh, sure, I guess you'd be careful what you wish for, you know. And and it it was horrible, <laughs> you know. But there I was, <laughs> I had a had a mullet. It was like you know nine, 1990 or whatever, you know. But, oh my uh, god, yeah, it was. The but height of like the mullet Seattle. days. Yeah, like <laughs> he looked like glasses. Sherman Alexi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. With the glasses, the chubby face, and everything. And, uh, but it was it was fun. It was interesting, and, and it definitely um, you know led into what would become radio and stand up. Yep. I, I just I love hosting anything. I love the challenge of trying to roll with it, you know. And and uh, somebody asked me a few years ago, I said, "Hey, man, the regular guy Ted Dawson can't do this year's cystic fibrosis uh, fundraiser. Can you do it?" I'm like. I don't know what that is, but I'll take the gig, yes. you know, so I learned, I learned <laughs> up on it and it was harsh because they had like, uh, there was a girl that who, who passed away there and the, the, the foundation and, and the fundraisers in her name. And so every year they do this, her parents come out and relive this, this, uh, horrible situation that her kid went through every year. And they bring other kids who have CF and, um, and have videos yeah. of kids that are no longer with us. And so I had to navigate that, but I, I, I enjoyed that. Uh, challenge of of bringing awareness to this, but also bringing like like humor when it, when it was appropriate, you know that sort of yeah. thing. Because yeah. you had a giant movie screen size screen up there and two cameras, and and they're showing you up there. And I turn around like, is that what I look like? I wore black. You went to try to look thinner, but I'm really that chubby, you know. So it, it was fun <laughs> to to try to to uh, work it. Challenge yourself, and, and yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, for me personally, it's rewarding, but at the same time, I realized that these folks and they, they, they were like, just hugging me at the end of it. Like, thank you so much for doing this. Um, you did what you're supposed to do. And, and, and they raised like tons of money and everything, but, um, just give it the reverence, you know, that it needs and, and be, uh, very, you know, succinct and quick to the point about it, which I'm sure you come across in journalism. You gotta, you gotta hook people in and let them know what it is. You can't meander too long, you know? Yeah. But, um, so that's challenging. It can be really challenging to do that and be successful at it and not be too brief. Right, because you have to you have to lay out the picture. Because I I when I do my morning show for Bozeman here, and I'm looking through local news stories, I have to kind of sift through the um, the denotative. I need the denotative of what's going on, so the folks know. But also to give the weight and the gravity and the reverence that it needs, I got to see what the writer also has on the connotative side when they've yeah. got like a quote from uh, a source, you know, and that sort of thing. So it's kind of you have to weave back and forth between it. Um, yeah. and I, I can't imagine what that's like when you're maybe, when you're maybe, maybe, maybe that's your, you know, you're, you're more, Oh, it's more those first, it's those first three paragraphs are the most important. Yeah. Those yeah that's what three. they usually highlight. Copy the, over, you know. the lead, the nut graph and then that supporting quote are the most three important uh, paragraphs. Gotcha. So why do you call your, your thing four points? What are the four points? Um, so chief sits in the middle of the land had a vision of the where the crow people would be the most prosperous and then um he outlined where those areas would be and so traditionally that's what the crow consider their homeland and so it goes all the way up all the way up to the milk river all the way down to the wind river canyon and then to the beartooth mountains and all the way to the foothills of the black hills oh wow so that was their right. territory and where they traveled to hunt, gather, camp. So that was yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't realize how vast it was because I was um, uh, dating this crow girl, and she was telling me that 
the story behind the, the crazy mountains, which I didn't know was a Crow thing, you know, with the, the origins and the stories and everything. And, and, and it was um, just kind of eye-opening to me, you know, and yeah. to tell me these, these uh, uh, stories about uh, the outcasts who lived there, you know, back in the day. And maybe now the, 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 uh, the spirits and the ghosts, whatever you want to call them, are still there, apparently. And there's this weird kind of thing shrouding it now. Like, you know, I saw a documentary actually here where I'm sitting. My sister was had it on one oh, day yeah, and yeah. Like about people going missing or whatever. And, and it was uh, it was awesome gothic western lore you know what i'm saying and mm -hmm. uh, i i didn't know like again the origin well look yeah right outside of livingston was the first agency yeah, yeah fort parker oh, wow. and really? then absarchy was the second agency and then where we're at now was the third agency with every treaty oh, we okay. lost with every treaty we ended up losing more land wow so the first yeah, that's how... the first treaty was that big giant portion that went all the way up and all the way into wyoming and across and then we lost more and more and more to where we sit now yeah no it's kind of the the shitty thing to do because i remember when uh in high school uh i was learning uh about my mom's resident fort belknap the um fort belknap reservation and um i remember leo brocky he was uh one of the uh older cats their teachers and he showed us the map you know and then uh see look look at the bottom here it used to be like a straight line across the bottom but now there's like a little part where it's uh taken out and that's the little rockies that's where the gold mine it was the gold mine they they found yeah. there so they redrew the lines and uh took that you know so it's kind of um yeah very eye-opening once you once you realize the actual history of where you come from you know and yeah and the, the history of the land and and the corruption of the government and, and i think every native kid goes through that angry period of you know their post adolescence when they start looking into the history of their people and the history of the land and realizing how everything went down and questioning the reality of what went down and how they really do have to mistrust the government and how they treated native people and their how they treated their own tribes and so everyone goes through that like period of anger and and rebellion and radicalism and then we all chill out in our late 20s right you know, yeah. <laughs> then we're all like okay nothing we do now that was the 1800s <laughs> right but yeah, I, mean, I mean like even even up through the 70s and 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 80s and even into the 90s the crows were still fighting for voting rights right. in um Jeez. in bighorn county so i mean the way they had the districts drawn out in Bighorn County, it was heavily heavily favorable to non-native voters to have count the the way that those districts were drawn for county commissioners, so that natives couldn't really have a commissioner voted in because they split the native vote so heavily that there would never be a majority of native vote in any of the commission commissioner districts. And so um, Janine Pease and a number of other people joined in a class action lawsuit against the county and actually won and they redrew those districts and now two out of three of our county commissioners are native. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. And a lot of the elected <laughs> positions in Bighorn County are now native because the districts are more representative of the people who live in the community. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of weird that's, when you go to Bighorn County no, and you 
and you look at the listing of people who are elected <laughs> and you're like, that's a native, that's a native, that's a native, that's a yeah. native, that's a native. What the hell is going on in Bighorn County? No, that's Why are good, all though. these Indians elected? And right, then people, any more, still, uh... people still complain though. So well, I mean, that's that's how people are. I mean, I I I uh I was talking to my boss about, you know, just uh, humans in general are the evolution of things like or back in the old days, you know, like like the caveman days, you know, it was very rudimentary. And and I was telling him, I was like, I think as we get older and maybe we'll, who knows, maybe use more parts of our brain and everything and uh, be more accepting of, of one another and differences and everything and, and realizing that actual physical fighting is dumb and, and power moves are not going to be a thing anymore. And we have to realize, you know, where we're at. And, and as our scope of the universe, literal the universe gets bigger and bigger, like and how, now it's scary. As a kid, I was like, oh, cool rocket men or whatever now it's like hey there's an asteroid coming you know <laughs> yeah like, yeah what the yeah. hell's going on man so well, I i'll be like but, flash um, gordon flash yeah Can you yeah hear me flash? Right. <laughs> that was that was the first movie i went to by myself back in the day back in 1980 i want to say that way. i was supposed to go to popeye but i saw the Del? flash gordon poster <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah exactly but it's it's funny because that's the, i think that's the next step i want to see it a native astronaut, you know. I mean, there I was wanna... a native astronaut. Was there John did Harrington? I did, I, did I miss one. Oh my god! Now I feel like he an was, asshole. <laughs> he was Choctaw. He was Choctaw. No when, when I was in college, he went to space and he took the Choctaw flag with him into space. No kidding. He orbited. What? Now I'm about to look him up. Now, oh, holy uh, cow! That's... 2005, I believe. I read a whole column about it for a website <laughs> I worked for. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, 2005, I was going through a. Uh, pretty bad breakup after 11 years. It was, it was the most horrifying and most fun summer ever because made tons of bad choices. But at the same time, I was heartbroken. So, yeah. So it's weird, it's weird <laughs> how people usually... salve themselves, you know, yes. as far as alleviating of... sort of pain. And anyway, but... Um, Numbing. So, John okay. Harrington, huh? Yes, That's John Harrington. Okay, I'll, yep. I'll look him up now. Man. I was so impressed that there, a native was in space. And he still tours the country <laughs> and goes to schools and talks to the youth about NASA careers. Wow. It's very it's cool. A native, an indigenous, weightless man that yes. walks the earth now. Uh, that's, yes. sorry, that's just... That's amazing to me, man. You learn something yes. every day. So It's the coolest damn thing I ever heard of in my whole life. I was so impressed. I, it was around Thanksgiving time because I remember I wrote a column about oh, the things God. I was thankful for. Our Thanksgiving, even? Yeah, it was around Thanksgiving because I wrote a column about the things I was thankful for. And um, everyone was like protesting Thanksgiving. And I was like, this year I'm not protesting Thanksgiving. And these are the things I'm thankful for turkey because it's delicious, mashed potatoes because they're delicious, and natives in space. <laughs> Oh my God, that's awesome! And I was like, so, John Harrington, uh, the first native in space. He's Choctaw, and he's going to orbit the Earth. He's taking the tribal flag with him. It was the whole thing. Man, okay, yeah, I, I had a blurry. It was a blur, honestly. Oh, five was a blurry summer for me, and I, I was still working radio too. But uh, how, how back to the protests and Thanksgiving? How did you do it practically in a protest? Or what did you do this year? No, no, just or back when you protested it before. Oh, I would just, past. I never really protested Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving. Any holiday that's based in eating right. as, yeah. as a family is is okay by me. Um, but people no, love to curious. protest. People love to protest Thanksgiving and they they won't eat. They'll go do some native thing. 
they'll go yeah, to ceremony that's a, that's... or they'll they'll go to like the food bank and serve food but technically that's still celebrating the holiday because they're still serving a thanksgiving meal to people so i don't know how right, yeah. people protest thanksgiving practically my, unless, my, my mom here's yeah here's how, my mom in bozeman here's how she did it, it was about the time that um they changed uh christopher columbus day to indigenous people's day in bozeman that area and she was uh protesting uh the president at the time so she canceled thanksgiving in her household so when i went over there like i normally do for thanksgiving she served indian tacos and i'm like ironically is this traditional though ma you know yeah. <laughs> just like well we're starting a new tradition but that was that was the only time she did it yeah we we, we were uh we did, did the regular meal this last uh, but if last you're week, still eating together as a family and being thankful is it really a protest yeah right exactly and it's like what what exactly is it still of it are you protesting you know is it I still mean, in the spirit do you have to go the opposite direction i'm not thankful no yeah you, know? <laughs> you should be it should be a, a festivist celebration right <laughs> there should be yeah, a exactly. metal pole and there should be feats of strength and there should be airing of grievances <laughs> right <laughs> for the rest of us yes i, I was i was um yeah it, it's getting it's kind of a funny thing to to because i it, it gave me a lot of humor to write about it gave me a, a good set on stage to talk about so so now i'm going to write something about john harrington you know about, yep. about how i did not know this whatever but that that's how i you know uh uh reconcile myself with stuff is i'll write jokes about it. i got a show tonight actually i'll probably do some john harrington jokes on there yeah but like not not do it like you know try to do like a, a fresh take on it not like the cliche um jokes or whatever that uh, behind somebody's race or whatever because i i like to punch up all the time and they, they call that in comedy not punch down on people and yeah you know, yeah smaller groups minorities and i like to give us uh uh any any underdogs a uh, hand up my mom my mom is always like you know i root for the underdogs so on yep. Thanksgiving, they were watching their Raiders, and then all the all my friends, all my family, and they're all Raiders fans. I don't, I don't give two shits about football, but I was like, "Go Cowboys!" You know, it's like mom's like, "What are you doing?" You know, we're we're Raiders. I was like, "Yeah, but you told me to root for the underdog," you know, and Raiders did end up winning. But I, yeah, I care about. Football, I always share against the team everyone's cheering for. Because right? Yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm a cooler. I've come to terms <laughs> with the fact that I'm a cooler. And no matter what I do and who I cheer for, they lose. That's why I don't so watch the, the Grizz play because when I watch them play, they lose. Oh, um, were you watching them this? You should have watched them this year. Damn it. What the hell? <laughs> well, yeah, they blew watch. us. Bobcats out hardcore. Oh, but yeah. No, yeah. That was awesome. I've, I've never met a cooler. That's awesome, man. You know, yeah. Somebody... I can walk by a, a string of people at a casino and they all start losing money. <laughs> it's insane it's which crazy makes, makes which makes you the ultimate underdog because of this new empire you're trying to build right now and yeah. if you're the cooler you, you want to negate yourself so you got bigger odds and uh more ambition to you know to get this done and did and uh but yeah you know, practical application i've got all these these things i want to do i'm writing a movie script about a guy about a native guy who's um um i don't know he's kind of a he's a slacker basically and ironically, I've been writing the same movie script for the last 23 years, so I will get it done eventually. But um, autobiographical. You know. Yeah, exactly. I love he, to do a the guy and... in the movie is writing a movie script. 
Yeah. But he's a slacker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's it's about a guy who finally comes to terms with that. He wants to get something done. So after all these years of he's nearly finishing college, going to graduate, but he had a credit left or whatever it is, and then went became a drug dealer here in Billings, and then but he found Chaos a way to to uh, to <laughs> to decimate half the world's population by attaining the power. It's a Faust story, basically. But a native, uh, you know, taking the ideals of Christianity or whatever and, and bastardizing them and then weaponizing them. And oh. uh, then I saw then, then I saw the uh, that Avengers movie, you know, the end game and everything. And, yeah. and uh, Thanos does that. I'm like, damn it, I should have wrote my script sooner, you know. Damn that Thanos. That yeah, son of so, a bitch. But, but the whole point of the story is the practical application of actually doing it is uh, key and you're doing it. So you're you're, you know, scads ahead of me. So you ten know, steps I'll, ahead, I'll... and you, you know, I decided to do this one weekend, and um, bought the domain, and um, literally a week later launched. Oh, nice! Uh, wow! And jeez, one of my board members was like, "So you must have been planning this for months, because <laughs> um, Ed Ed Kimmick is on my board, because he's like the online news guru." Yeah, and, um, I heard you talk about it on your podcast. And he's he's like, you must have been planning this for months. And I said, oh, no, actually, I, I did it in a week. And he's like, what? <laughs> and I was like, if I didn't do it, I wasn't going to do it. You know, I'm one of those people who has to just get it done. Else it's not going to get done. Just like right. do it and figure it out as I'm doing it. And so I'm still figuring it out. No, that's good though, because uh, like you said, you you work for all those other folks and other people, and and I'm assuming that you were like the only native person, or maybe even person of color within the circle. And I've of course experienced that left and right doing yeah. radio, and and um, even when I was in doing public radio up in uh, Fort Belknap, it was kind of different because I came from the commercial radio background. I had to relearn how to do radio as far as grant writing goes uh yeah. acquiring funds you know and uh, talk, come down to billings to here to talk to joe sample and the sample foundation try to try to uh you know get some money some wheedle some cash some startup for our station up in fort Bell from him and just dealing with all these rejections and but the experience is invaluable you know and yeah, yeah. we all hate rejection but at the same time it's like i believe in this cause you know i believe in this this radio station or whatever and i, I and uh, we're not looking for like uh, like uh, any sort of like charity as far as like you know because they're looking at it's like oh it's like welfare right like well we're trying to build something here and, and bridge yeah. and educate people because people around even the Fort Bell reservation don't know what's going on in the reservation you know and I want to yeah, yeah. want to showcase the music and the traditions and everything and and bridge that gap and and uh, so it was fun to get out there and and see. Uh, what uh, people thought of us because we did surveys before the whole thing. We went to all the communities because I, I did AmeriCorps for two years there, and because I, I like the experience of doing something, you know. And I thought uh, my, my parents—they yeah. come from they. My dad left the, the village up in northern Alaska, came to boarding school. Mom left Fort Ballard, went to boarding school, and that's where they met. So uh, I, the longest I've lived anywhere in one place, one town, was six years. Now it's twice in Bozeman, and, and now I'm back there again. Now um, I go back and forth a lot between Billings and Bozeman. And uh, it's weird renting a house there. I'm, I'm gone half the time, especially the rent <laughs> prices there. Like, oh man, I just burned off 600 bucks not being there. To not hang out there. 
Yeah, exactly. I, I, Didn't even I, hang I any movie villains. posters in the living room yet. They're they're <laughs> against their they're they're against the uh, they're lit in their frames, but they're leaning against the wall. I, I started to put them up yet, so I'm, I knew you were um, gonna hang movie posters. <laughs> I know. I saw I saw your I saw your comment, and I was gonna take a picture. And like, I, technically, I haven't hung them up yet. They're they're but they're there. The here in Billings, but they're in Bozeman now sitting on the floor but they will get hung up eventually but i tell my mom i feel i feel fancy now that i'm i'm in back in bozeman and i i found my old cradle board that i was in this red uh velvet uh, felt cradle board that my mom had me in when i was a newborn and oh. i stuck it up on uh, the counter and i'm like i'm gonna get um some uh i'm gonna, I'm gonna bozemanize myself i'm gonna get some native themed art put it on the wall you know because because i kept thinking of what you said and i was like god now i'm all self-conscious i'm like I know I'm a bachelor, and but I'm almost fifty. Do I do I need to still have movie posters on the wall? Is that who mm. I am? You know? <laughs> so, Let's go on so the yeah, wall you, in the hallway. You messed you messed me up there. Uh, yeah, uh, mentally. So I was like thinking about about that, and so now I'm gonna try to at least put some cool because I saw some native art here downtown uh, at Craft Local that. Uh, Dwayne down there sells tons of art, and there's some, a native section and and well uh, on Friday. Really cool. On Friday, there's an art market in Billings. Oh, really? Yes. Pick Might up some have native to go. art. It, it's a native yeah. art market. Oh, cool. Where at? So, in downtown Billings. At, okay. By, right. by um, this house of books. Oh, okay. Gotcha, Down there gotcha. by that area. So, yeah. Pick up some native art for your house. Yeah, because I remember, the I remember when I was... posters in the hallway. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking in the bathroom. Line and, the uh, hallway I'm, to the bathroom. I'm, I'm all... I'm all bougie now. I got two bathrooms in my, you know, in my place. So. Yeah, I know, right? Isn't that put, crazy? Put cow decor in the main bathroom. <laughs> That's what people do. Yeah, my grandpa, he told me the first joke I ever told was one that my grandpa, uh, Tuffy, Chris Gardaby, told me when I was a kid, old enough to remember stuff. Um, he said there's um, two uh, two natives, two Indians out on the, on the prairie, and they came across um, what was a monkey, a dead monkey, and they never had seen it, you know, and uh, the natives were like, what is that? Like, I don't know what it is, you know, look at that side, look at that end. So one guy picks up the end, first end, he goes, oh, it looks like a cow, you know, and then the other native picks up the other end, he goes, oh, this looks like a boy, we'll call it a cowboy. And it just <laughs> killed me as a four or five-year-old, I would tell that joke to people, you know, and and uh, it was it was awesome, you know, and so. It's hilarious. So I, I, yeah, so that, I think that's where the whole joke telling thing started. Uh, for me, was uh, I had a joke book. Oh yeah, yeah. I've had, I've had many. I had those. so many joke books. I check them out from the library. Yeah, my daughter checked me out one um, about um, six, seven years ago because she found that I was a comedian and she was looking at some of my videos on YouTube or whatever. And but she wasn't watching. She was watching me watching myself because I was laughing at myself. She goes, "Why are you why are you laughing at yourself?" It's like. Cause I kill me, man. I, I find me funny. And I'm she, the most hilarious what? person. <laughs> yeah. If I'm laughing, that as long as I'm laughing, that's, that's my motto, my credo, yeah. you know, I live by, yeah. but she got me a joke book from the library and here to maybe tell some of these on stage, you know, I'm like, well, I have to write my own, you know, I can't do street jokes, you know, that sort of thing. That's a whole bit. But I appreciate right that though. Yeah, no, it, it was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause there was, a, there was these lady Gaga jokes that she had that I was telling. And I, you know, I say, if you know, if you know the answers, yell it out, you know, and, and, How do you uh, wake and, up, Lady Gaga? That's exactly what. And, and, yeah. and somebody invariably says, "Poker face." I'm like, 
No, you say, hey, wake up, you weird bitch. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you some of, her, some of her secrets, you know. <laughs> wake up, you weird bitch. Your dress smells funny. Because <laughs> it's made of meat. <laughs> right, exactly. But she was in the audience. At a, we're at a, a place where which wasn't a bar. The pizza place in Bozeman. I told that joke, and she was the audience. She was laughing her ass off because you know, I think she's the one that yelled out poker maze. Like you know, like she like she won the prize. But that's how comedy is. You got to do an unexpected turn. And, yeah, you got to twist something, it, twist it around yes, a little bit. Which is you know, same thing with uh, journalism. You know, or you got to find the hook, it, especially especially you in find uh, the the unexpected hook. Especially, especially in the country, in, man. Yeah. That's, that's amazing that you're doing this whole thing. Everybody wants, like all these mainstream papers, they come here to, to write about a dead Indian, a car crash, or a powwow. Right. Like that's all I ever read about right. in the mainstream paper. And I'm like, there's so much more going on here. Yes, yes, exactly. We, we have gotta... all kinds of stuff, all kinds of other news. There was this big uproar over the election that just happened that, um, could set a precedent for other elections and nobody covered it and i'm still writing about it because there's so much to the story that I, i'm still trying to sift through everything for it to write a good story that i'm still writing about the court stuff just so i know it's accurate and right. no nobody else even covered it wow yeah and i mean that that kind of stuff is important for people to know about is, is it is it difficult like like i get a lot of guff for since i'm in comedy though maybe it's a little more easier on me because people I'm, I'm easy to make fun of you know i heard in your podcast you're talking about like you know people are kind of um dismissive you know like oh your little newspaper your little story you know your little your little blog I, I, yeah yeah your little blog i get that a lot like oh yeah what's your little radio show like uh, you know what's your little comedy show whatever you know and but for your end of it especially being a native lady do you get I mean, oh yeah like all the time do you get any sort of justification get... any just desserts for this i mean you, you seem like like because I, <laughs> I know natives get that whole crab mentality uh, oh yeah um, the crabs in like, the bucket yeah yeah the, the likeness of that sort of thing but uh so i think that by nature i'm such a i'm such an asshole for lack of a better <laughs> word, that I get less of it than someone else would, yeah. because I'm not af I'm not afraid to say something back. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, Whereas yeah, somebody somebody else would be like a younger journalist, like a new graduate, or someone who's not as who hasn't been in this business as long as me, would be afraid to say something back. Where me, even coming fresh out of college. I, I would say something back just like the other day I got into a Facebook battle with um, these people who call themselves news on Facebook when they're not news we don't know what their sources are they get on these public forums on Facebook live and then they they just spout nonsense um, and I asked them you know what are your sources where are you getting your information and they got like visibly upset and started yelling at the camera <laughs> and they're like we know where our sources are coming from we're not just holding pieces of paper we went to the courthouse and we got documents and one of them was removed as a tribal judge 
for ethics violations. Oh, wow. And I said, well, if you didn't have ethics violations on your records, I could take you at your word. <laughs> but since you did, I would like to know wh where your sources are coming from. Because right. if you went to the courthouse and you, and you mind them, then you should have them in front of you. They should have no and, problem. And he should say, he should say, them, you know? according to this petition for a temporary restraining order, this, that, and the other. According to the motion to dismiss, the office of the secretary cited these reasons for a dismissal. Like it's that simple to cite a source, but they they wouldn't even do that. And when I asked them, you know, what the sources they were talking about were, they were upset about it. Like that shouldn't upset somebody. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And especially so, around the up and up, you know. Yeah. And so the fact that they were upset was like, mm, you're kind of shady. Yeah, you're a suspect now, you know. Yeah. Like, uh, maybe, maybe just pisses them off too. At the same time, that you know, they they uh, see you question one, questioning them too. You're, you're uh, you got integrity. Three, maybe they got the sub the, the way you look. I get a problem with the way I look all the time. I my, my one of my things I love is saying is I love being underestimated. You know. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I have to one, prove myself all the time. It seems like one. I've never held a public office, and both of them have. Two, I'm younger than them. Three, I'm a woman. And four, I've never been fired or removed from a job or position. And both of them have. Wow. So there's a there's a there's there's layers. They're like Shrek. There's oh, yeah, a lot exactly. of layers. It's it's um, um but because I, I, I love to, I just love doing what I do, you know, and like yeah, and it'll speak like, for itself. The work will speak for itself. You know? All of those wow. things all of those factors don't bar someone from being a good reporter of news all of those kinds of factors don't that doesn't say someone can't produce legitimate news if someone is presenting information and citing a source that's legitimate right yeah and so I, I like I was by no means saying, "Hey, you can't do what I do." Like that—that <laughs> that wasn't my point. Like, and I think that's what they thought I was saying. But I'm just saying, don't be propaganda if you're going to call yourself news because they call themselves news on their page. Yeah, that—that that, I mean, of course, in the last few years, I mean, it's everything is kind of. Uh, uh, everyone calls themselves more, news. More, and, right? Exactly. Get a little more more brazen about it, you know. And oh and, my god. Uh, it irritates yes. the hell out of me. That was and my rant like, on my last podcast. Is that was my rant about calling themselves news, people calling themselves news and not being news. Right. And I'm just like, ah, it irritates no, yeah, the shit out of me. And and then once you get like divisions and two sides of things, you know, and and this yeah. side's like, well, this side said they're news, so that means I can. And I'm now justified to be a little yeah. more uh, loose than my my sources or where I'm getting my you know, my, my facts, you know, or whatever. So it's kind of, it's, and, it's like, where the know, hell do we go in here? You know, where's, where's, we're going to get back to the, to the, uh, a really good news, a really good news article should have both sides. But right. the issue is a lot of times, if I'm say I'm writing an article about something, um, say somebody files a, a temporary restraining order against an organization and they want an injunction. I don't want you to release any information about, the upcoming lawsuit that's against us, right? So I'm like, oh, so-and-so filed a temporary injunction against Charlie because he's going <laughs> to release all this information about their company. 
So then I call the company and I'm like, okay, well, you guys filed a temporary injunction to not get any information released. Do you have any comment on that? They're going to say no comment. Yeah. So I can put all this information about, you know, what they said in the paperwork. Then I can call you and you can give me all this information, but I still don't have their side. I don't have a quote from them. And so then it's right. gonna it's gonna have a sense of being one-sided. Biased, yeah, exactly. And even if I say they declined to comment for this article, even if I, I write I'll write that in there, people are gonna be like, oh, they didn't try hard enough. <sighs> and then if I write after you know multiple requests for comment were denied, then they're like, oh, they're just being an asshole by writing that. Right. So it's yeah, like you exactly. can't you can't win either way. Like you just try as hard as you can to get comment from everybody involved. Right. Yeah. No, I, I see that. I never even thought about it that way as far as being an actual reporter. You know, what I'm saying a, a journalist trying to get the the bottom of it. But yeah, but, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I like the fact that you're actually just plowing ahead, though. You know, yeah. you got you got and the truth on your side. My, <laughs> my my internal barometer as a as a reporter is everybody should be mad at me at one point or another. Right. Yeah. Everybody. Nobody wants to talk about what, you know, if you're like crime reporting or whatever. Yeah. Or anything. Any accountability. People don't want to. The whole community shouldn't love me all the time. Right. At any given point, at least half the community should be pissed. And that group of people that are pissed off at me should change every week. Right. Right. Because I should be covering the whole community uh, and it should no, piss off everyone sporadically that's right, the mark yeah. of a good reporter <laughs> it is it is and it's it used to be the uh, the mark of a good uh uh morning show host as far as radio goes but i didn't like that statement i'm like i want everybody to have a good time i don't like i said i don't yeah. care which way you lean or whatever I, uh at the end of it like because when i do because jokes pre- Pretend the, the politics, flip, I make sure both yeah. sides are laughing. You know what I'm saying? On the it's, flip it's side, yeah, because on the flip side, half of them are pleased and half of them do like you. Yeah. So yeah. either and way they, you look so, at it. But reporters are pessimists. So yeah, we well, see somebody it also don't like you. Somebody also wants to tell me that uh if people don't like you, they listen longer. So maybe that's to your to your advantage. I'm like, well, I don't. I don't. I don't want to play that. I just want to do what right. I do, and and uh, if if they like it, great. If not, then you know, come back tomorrow. Maybe we'll try again. Yeah. You know? If they I, don't just, like I'm it, they can listen to Twang. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's fun though because I I like I like trying to write political jokes, but again, I have to make sure both sides hit. Because I remember when I first tried to do that, I only did like uh, one side and. And lots of groans, you know. And then my my uh, mentor, comedy mentor, Lucas Celia, was like, "Yeah, just don't do political stuff. Just stay away from it until you get a hang of it." And and I did, you know. And then I started once the elections came back around again, and I was trying to get more um, like topical or whatever. But I had to make sure that it was um, funny for funny and for both sides to appreciate it. And yeah. uh, I don't know. I just I like to try to be a little more edgier, but at the same time, make sure it's funny, not just like some biting commentary that uh you know yeah that yeah. just pleases me maybe like three other people or whatever but uh yeah so that that's the thing you try to get the center mass of it as far yeah. as my bend goes in the media and, and um 
but I that's why I appreciate people who have the balls and the guts to get out there and fucking just get the truth of it, you know? And and yeah, and people cringe, and I, I, I'm just cringe thinking about it. If I'm reading, I'm like, oh my god, how do they get to this part of it? They really ask those tough questions that that uh, just piss people off, you know? And mm-hmm. because it's again, it's holding somebody accountable, you know? And and yeah, none of us want to be fully accountable. Just the idea of like, I'm never gonna die because at the end of it, I, I, we have to like, you know, be accountable for what we we did, you know, and some variation of of uh, whatever we believe in, you know, and and uh, look at it in the broad daylight. <laughs> it's it's actually for me. For some reporters, it's really really hard to do. But for me, I don't know what it is about me or about my personality. But people like to tell me things. Oh yeah, same here. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I don't like. Okay, so one time I interviewed this woman about daycare curriculum. And it was a feature story. It was nothing hard hitting. I go to her daycare in Shepherd. It was a brand new daycare. And I was like, okay, I'm tired of writing about, oh, it's a brand new daycare, blah, blah, blah. What kind of playground yeah. do they have? Wrote that story a million times. So I'm like, I told my editor, I said, I kind of want to focus on the curriculum because it's a daycare preschool. And um, she's like, that's a good angle because we never really hear about what they're learning and how they're learning it and so i go and talk to this lady i call her and set up the interview and i said i i want to focus on the curriculum that you're using in your daycare or in your preschool and she's like oh that's great because it's a brand new curriculum blah 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 blah. so i go out there we start talking about the curriculum and she launches into a 25 minute discussion about her husband's failed vasectomy oh so she was pregnant then she uh, was pregnant so she got more kids to watch at this <laughs> yeah she was gonna have an extra baby to watch at the daycare right but yeah it was an unplanned baby because her husband had a vasectomy but it didn't take mm. and i thought why is she telling me this i don't know her we're not buddies i'm never gonna see this woman again unless like something happens at the daycare and I have to cover it. But like, I got the nitty gritty on what exactly failed in the vasectomy and the surgery to correct right, it. Yeah. And scary. Holy cow. And cauterizing and incisions. Right. Yeah. Because my, my buddy, my buddy got one of those and he was like, it smelled like fried bologna. I'm like, I don't need to freaking know that, dude. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like, I I'm thought, like, wow. I thought to myself, this is an overshare, but I can't stop her from talking because we haven't even launched into the curriculum. And if I stop her, she might feel offended. Right. Yeah. And stop the interview. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Get cold. Or if you did go forward, be be stiff, you know, and uh, stifle them with what, with which you're there for, which would you want that as far as the story goes that you need not not fried well, baloney boy, you know. So we talked about her husband and his vasectomy and his anatomy and commiserated about babies and pregnancy. And then I got a really good story about curriculum. <laughs> yeah, you have to but that kind of stuff the rough thing. That kind of stuff happens to me all the time. And people accidentally tell me things they're not supposed to tell me. Oh, and yeah. 
I, I love I love interviewing people like that, like because I, yeah. I have to be because especially as a person and I, I look like this, sometimes it's kind of threatening or whatever. But I have to like let them know that I, I'm I'm actually you know yeah. a good guy to talk to. And like I, yeah. I like I interviewed um, Bill Cosby, you know, and not in person, just over the phone. But um, I get I get tell that he was hiding something because this is like a couple months before the shit went down for the for the whole Hannibal Burris thing. And I, I was only asked was that five minutes with him, but I talked to him for fifty minutes, and um, I think he just loved the fact that I was a comedian asking comedian questions, and therefore he was judging me because he's been doing this for decades at this point, yeah. you know. And uh, I was I, that four, it was only four years for me at that point as far as comedy goes. But so yeah, he had fun berating me, you know. And I'm like, wow, he's kind of a like a passive aggressive asshole, man. You know, he's, this way he was talking to me, or whatever, and like, oh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a grade, a D. Minus, you know, and it was to me it was hilarious at the time because just the fact that he was so brazen. But later, I was like, after the whole stuff went down, I'm like, well, okay, he was he was one gravitating to anybody who would talk to him. Two, he he it gave him power, you know, because he yeah. could feel slipping away. So I, I didn't know what was going on at the time, but after the whole story came, like that's what the hell was going. On. That's why he was you know being that way with me and everything. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. it was still a hoot though to talk to him uh, and whatnot, and especially as I know now what was going on so that's uh, crazy but yeah it was i was like i was like bill cosby's punching bag you know as far as oh my just, god you know, verbal, so verbal, bill cosby uh, verbally abused you and then screech tried to stab you is that what that was <laughs> yeah I, yeah I, op- I opened for dustin diamond we picked him up here in billings because uh, living in bozeman time my girlfriend and i came over in her jeep picked him up drove him a couple hours down to sheridan wyoming where the show was at and all the way down he was same thing oversharing because uh, I talked about, um, or he brought up, he brought up the porno screeched that he filmed, and uh, uh, I was gonna bring it up, but I didn't want to. But he brought it up first, so I had all these questions. He goes, "Oh yeah, that wasn't really me. We, we had a, a a stunt penis, I think he called it. Uh, oh my God. A guy come in because everybody thought it was actually him, and I say, yeah, we needed uh, like a bigger version, so we got this guy to come in and be the the stunt guy." You know my my stand in as far as that goes, but um, <laughs> uh, I was saying yeah, Dennis Dennis Haskins actually told me that I was watching his uh, comedy uh, the other night, and because um, he was another Saved by the Bell actor who was doing stand up, and he goes, oh, I hate that guy, man. Everything I do, he copies me. I was doing the celebrity boxing, all of a sudden he's doing the wrestling stuff. We met at a at a at a, a reunion thing, and he asked me what I was doing, and I said stand up, and uh, I was next thing you know he's doing stand up. I said, well, his big closer is that he called you an asshole because. You didn't invite him to be in his your porno screeched, you know, which is a scary thought as is. But um, anyway, the whole story is he was nice on the way down. Once we got there, we we killed everybody killed the show, all of us openers killed, and he just slayed that audience because I saw his oh comment. I was like, I'll I'll think it'd be that great, but then you know, we're in Wyoming and uh, when you get to smaller towns like that, they tend to be more appreciative, especially if there's any sort of uh, celebrity involved. And of course he was on Saved by the Bell. But we were in the bar afterward, and my girlfriend at the time, he was uh, talking to her, and these other two girls came up. And um, so I, I was trying to do, like, candid pictures, you know? And uh, on my phone, I took a picture, and he flipped out. He's like, don't ever effing do that again. I will shake your, your effing tires. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. And I was, uh, was going to pull him aside and, and have a word oh, with yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> But I didn't. I didn't. I didn't react on impulse because he would have been like, he'd be like, "Oh, I, this guy tried to choke me out, and I had to stab him." So I could have gotten stabbed by Screech had I acted on my impulse to pull him aside and 
and straight gentleman's gentleman's conversation. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know. <laughs> but I, I didn't. And actually, I wrote, I, I did, a, I did a bit of talking about that. I said, uh, if you had a chance to choke out your '90s TV idol, who would you go for? And he asked people in the audience, and some some girls said Blossom, and other guys said George Costanza. So it's a good conversation <laughs> start. At least they remember, you know, because it's sort of based somewhat on truth. But I, I didn't follow through with it. He didn't stab my tires, but he did. Uh, a few years after that, get into a bar fight. He stabbed a guy, and he had to spend like two months in oh prison God. because of it. So I'm like, oh yeah, he's he's stabby. So apparently he does have a knife. So I don't know how he got one through airport security when he picked him up in Billings here. But uh, yeah, I could I could have been shanked by by Screech, you know. And and I told a story about how um, uh, Rob Rob Williams when he died, all these comedian friends of mine were sharing pictures of them with Rob Williams as their profile pictures on Facebook and whatnot. And um, I never met him. And that was my big lament. I've never met Rob Williams. I will never have that. I'll never have a selfie with a guy. But the one person I did know before and I got a selfie with, Screech, you know? And the punchline was always, if Screech don't make it, guess who's back in the cool book because I got a picture with him. And then he died. (laughs) I'm like, no, man. You killed Screech. And then I'm like, no. (laughs) So I didn't didn't use it for a, a... a, you know, a profile pic, but I did share it and told the story behind it. And, uh, oh my goodness! You know, just talk because because we, we made up at the end of the night after he was trying to stab my girlfriend's tires, and I was going to choke him out. We ended up uh, being good friends, or whatever. And I gave him a ride. We gave him a ride to McDonald's at the end of the night, and it's two thirty in the morning. And my girlfriend and I just got back to the hotel room and turned off the light, and the phone rings, and it's Dustin, and he's like. Hey, Charlie, I know you're just laying down to close your eyes right now, but I just want to tell you, man, never eat a McRib sandwich in your hotel bed. The sauce gets everywhere. Anyway, good night. I'm like, what the hell was that? You know, why would you tell somebody that? I don't, is that like a oh, passive aggressive way to see if I'm cool and sounds like a like, lonely guy? He was, man. Oh, <laughs> it's horrible. That, but, that um, made me sad. God, you know what? Not, now I'm sad. I, Maybe I that, should let him give. Maybe I should let him give me a sympathy stab, you know, and just a little one. Yeah, in yeah. the gut. In the a, gut. A, just a flesh wound. It'd be a good start for me, anyway. Like, it's just a flesh wound. <laughs> but but I, I shared the picture of us uh, uh, when he died, and um, and I was talking about how I said, "Who knew?" Like just seven short years later one of us would be dead and the other would have a heart attack you know right and uh but it was just again the whole mortality thing comes back in and and gotta make more more funnies make them faster i guess because time is is yeah. uh quickly running out for all of us and on top of that we live right next to the super volcano of yellowstone that could blow oh my god any, literally any minute now so it just <sighs> kicks in yeah right. <laughs> that was it oh, tell me about that heart attack what Oh, How did sucked. you even know you were having a heart attack? You didn't have a heart attack, right? Tightness, did you? Tightness. I I just thought about. I was eating a uh, double charbroil and had a, a, a warm up <laughs> sandwich from the gas station. Yeah, yeah, Express. Yeah, 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 yeah. Express. Yeah, and a bag yes. full of combos. And uh, yeah, just tightness, tightness. And then I uh, uh, drove myself down. I was actually I, I didn't tell my mom this or anybody. She's not here. She, but I was at a girl's house. I got booty called and uh look i'm oversharing you do have that nature about you no yeah. I, was, I, I was i just started seeing this girl and i went to her house and uh it was about 12 30 at night and um she broke you. I, I literally get on her bed we start making out and then tightness i'm like 
wow, this girl must be really awesome. I could feel her in my heart, you know, and oh, realize she's was, the one. Wait, she's the Black Widow. She's the one, she's the one that died for it. Yeah. But uh, I, I was, I went to the bathroom and I'm like, is this what I think it is? I was sweating. I had to go to the bathroom. I had to throw up and, and uh, oh this spread to my shoulders. And I was like, I'm going to excuse myself. And I was like, I'm going to go. And she's like, you okay? Like, she's like, you don't look good. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to drive myself to the hospital. She goes, I can take you. And I was like, we just started seeing each other. We're not that serious yet. So I we're not heart you, attacks. Uh, I don't want you on if any die, kind of paperwork. <laughs> right. If I die, my mom's be like, oh, you must be his girlfriend. And she'd be like, yeah, totally. And like help having planned my funeral. And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I, so I drove myself. Uh, and um, yeah, I, I didn't know the I protocol. I don't want you planning my funeral. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So yeah, oh I, I drove God. myself to the hospital. And I, and I was, I was pissed because um, St. V's had this built board there's a different one now on airport road going to the airport from north 27 but they used to have one it was an old guy bent over clutching his chest and it says yeah it says in an emergency just say take me to st v's like they're yeah. doing some sort of tagline or or a, yeah. a motto or whatever i'm like that's I, macabre that yeah it's macabre as hell but i was thinking about it in my head and it pissed me off because i was thinking about it because the advertising worked and i've been in you know advertising a medium for decades now and, Did you go and, to Billings Clinic then? So despite St. <laughs> V's, I went to Billings Rebel. Clinic. Fucking yeah, because rebellion. it was well, it was it was closer to you though, you know. Plus, yeah. I'm petty. But yeah. then 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 the whole thing was, what's the protocol when you're having a heart attack when you walk in? Do you be all dramatic and whatnot? Because that's a, if there's any time to be dramatic, it was then. That's the and, time. Uh, and and male pride though kicked in because I was like, do I park in the far parking lot or right? Or do I bitch out and park right in front of the you emergency pull in. doors? You which, roll which out. Wish, you crawl. Yeah, which, <laughs> I just put my hands in my pocket. And I, I, oh, I was like, kind of walked in like the freewheeling Bob Dylan, the cover, you know, he's got his hands in his pocket. You know? So that's what I was like, the, uh, the Eskimo Bob Dylan. And I was like, I'm having uh, chest pains. And they threw me in a chair, put me in there. Right off the bat, you had an acute myocardial infarction. And I was being a comedian and and same as my mom, when I'm in Obvious mortal joke. danger, I just, yeah, I just, I just make jokes. And I was like, oh, and a cute one, like an adorable one. And they're like, what? Oh, jokes. And then she proceeded to shove two stents into my one and only tattoo. Uh, uh, and I had 100% blockage, 90% blockage, opened those up. But, uh, and they took me out in the hallway and went for a room. And I was like, am I supposed to feel different? I don't feel any different. And they looked at my EKG again, like, oh, yeah. And they brought me back in. We got to do another procedure. And they told me in there, they said, you, you have the, the Widowmaker heart attack. Oh, and, my God. Uh, they said, luckily, you caught it because two more hours, you'd be dead. You wouldn't be here. And they, they and I said, oh, Widowmaker. It's cool. I'm not married. Um, no widow to be made. So just let me go. And the same nurse was like, oh, more jokes. And oh, you're a funny guy. <laughs> she proceeded to shove a balloon into my groin femoral artery. Wired it up through my heart and blew my heart out with an angioplasty. Got that plaque out of there and saved my life. And uh, but by then, part of my heart did die. So uh, that's a good excuse to be grumpy. It's like part yeah. of my heart's dead. I'm not two sizes too know. small. Yeah, I'm like the Eskimo Grinch, basically is what it is. <laughs> but um, so yeah, it was it was fun to try to crack an audience of people trying Nobody to save your life. Smiled. Nobody even Nobody smiled. Nobody even smiled, man. Nothing. It they was don't. the hardest. It was the hardest audience I'd ever played. And, well, uh, it probably it didn't fun. help that you were making dad jokes. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I was, I, and I'm, I'm glad though, because then now I'm a grandpa, because a couple months after that, my, my first grandchild was born. So I'm, I'm just happy that I got to see him and uh, be here for him. So, oh, so yeah. now it's all, that's why I'm, I'm walking, showing out, I was sharing all these walking videos of me. Uh, um, I used to do them on a daily basis, but it got kind of egregious. So I, I just do them every once in a while, maybe once a week or something, you know, just to let people know I'm still out here walking, you know, and being yeah. better and staying alive and, um, you know, lifestyle changes because I like life. I want to yeah, stick around now. It's good. Now I'm doing practical things like eating oatmeal and quinoa. 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 Yeah, quinoa. Yeah, my, my sister, ironically, just she served it to me two weeks before the heart attack for the first time. And I was like, oh, I like this. You know, it's a good thing I did because I was still eating a lot of it. That and brown rice. So, oh, yeah. Brown rice takes so a that, long time to cook. And I had to cut down on the uh, Lysol and water, oh, too. Oh, so, damn it. You know, it is. <laughs> major right changes. Now, yeah, so. Major changes. Yeah, so I'm just happy to be here. And I, I, I um, that Billy Joel song, uh, Anthony's song, Moving Out, I, I connect with that song a little more now just mm. because of the fact at one point Billy Joel goes, heart attack, act, act, act. I'm like, I hear you, Billy. I yeah. hear you. That's what I hear you. Right so now, now that you've <laughs> faced your own demise – what is your next goal like professionally or personally what what kind of oh, um, the next step for you still still the same thing to get this podcast going and uh finish my movie script and maybe eventually become a filmmaker you know i mean i'm, I'm almost 50 now and uh 20 some years passed out of 25 years out of film school you know whatever but uh i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna get it's, this damn script done it's all different and, now everything you yeah, learned it is, is it's gone it's uh because what i was what i was in it's there was no actually, longer a super was, eight anymore it was yeah we, we did our, our freshman year on super eight and <laughs> uh, and it was just just getting digitized so I, I took a break for a year and then i came back again and uh thing was more you know robert rodriguez was shooting on video and all these other um, filmmakers and some were still doing film you know like tarantino or whatever uh yeah. you, know, you got the old school people you know the purists or whatever but um so yeah it's i don't know maybe i'll take time to do that but i i like the immediacy of radio every day you know and yeah. especially now working from home where i can literally do a show in just my long johns i did that a couple of weeks ago in belgrade nice. <laughs> in my only place out there but um yeah i, I, I mean yeah it, it does make then i lost my dad um to a heart attack uh no sorry uh, stomach cancer um before the heart attack and uh because i remember it was January 8th uh, this year when I had the heart attack. I remember on January 1st, on New Year's, I'm like, to hell with 2020. I lost my dad. 2021 is going to be my year. And a week later, I had the heart attack. And, and oh, I'm just glad I was still here for the rest of it. You know yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So now, now I'm just showing off. That's all I'm doing. Yeah. I'm just, I'm by just sticking around. I'm, like, I'm a survivor now. Yeah, exactly, man. So, but that's, oh, yeah, that's, that's, podcast. that's that's so. so what would you, what cut, like, Tomorrow's that's, that's, tomorrow's the first day of your podcast. Who's on it? Ideally, oh, who's on it? <laughs> um, somebody local, somebody creative, maybe a comedian, maybe most likely a musician. Because I, I was talking to uh, several uh, touring national comics, and their thing is always the same. Like they don't want to be. Because I'll ask, hey, you want to be on my, my podcast? My first one. I'm I'm starting one, and it's like really another comedian doing a podcast about comedy. So. I stuck in my head and messed. I'm like, you know, I'm still interesting people. It doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, I'm still going to keep the name though. Eleven Wiseacre Lots, you know, because 
that that mm-hmm. has more of a comedian bent to it. But I think you know, um, you can make anything funny, and, and uh, especially with creative people. So yeah. that, that's what I would do. I, I would, uh, or it doesn't have to be creative folks. Just anybody interesting. If somebody did something cool, or if somebody does something cool in the, in the you know, in the neighborhood here that that is helping out, or or you know, something points of human interest. I just I just like to uh. to to keep that up and and. Uh, if I had more integrity, I think I would uh, be more into your realm of, um, you know, investigative reporting, uh, truth saying, and all of that. Uh, but I'm glad that we have you to have be a beacon of that. Plus, like you say, get more other people who are like minded like you out there, and and you know, and especially in the reservation scene and uh, becoming oh, yeah. reporters. Because again, we can do anything. And like I, I grew, I was yeah. uh, going to high school in South Dakota in Eagle Butte. And there was a radio station there called Keeley, K-I-L-I, and it was all natives, and they were playing native music. I heard Jackie Bird on it for the first time, and I was just amazed. Like, we can do this. This is what we can do, you know? And then yeah. Power Highway came out. I'm like, we can do this, too. You know? Oh, <laughs> my God, right? I know, that yeah, was so. life-changing to see legit natives on an actual and, film. And a real rest, too. Yeah. Like, Holy cow. Well, they yeah, filmed man. part of it here. In Crow, yeah, yeah. right down the road. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's yeah. the hotel here. Yeah, exactly. Philbert's ass was in our hotel. Yeah, there's there's Bear Butte, you know, when they go on yeah, the road. I used, to make yeah. that, I used to make that turn coming from Eagle Butte to go to uh, Rapid for concerts all the time. And yeah. I'm like, I know that place. But yeah, um, it's kind of cool to see like uh, that narrative uh, being told by us. I mean, now, of course, uh, speaking of Gary Farmer, and I was watching the first episode of Reservation Dogs on this. There's a TV oh. right above you here, my sister's place. And um, I got to interview him last year, a little over a year ago, when he came here right before COVID hit. And uh, gosh, that was two years ago now. But um, he was doing a showing of Dead Man at the uh, Babcock Theater. I, oh. I just saw him outside. I approached him. Like, hey, man, can I get an interview with you? We're, I, I do Indigenous Sounds part-time, you know, this internet radio station. And um, he's like, yeah, sure. You know, and he was a cool guy. We talked for an hour and everything and talked about making movies and uh, music because he was also performing. Uh, the next night after that, uh, downtown. Oh, yeah. He's a cool dude. It was, yeah, it was, it was fun to catch up with him and everything. And it was, he was talking about all these movies he made and we were talking about actors. And he had a fun time talking to me just because I know a lot about actors and everything and and uh, movie nerd as well. And yeah, he, he was a fun cat and it's fun to see him again. Um, I was gonna, I was gonna, uh, I, the, did you see Reservation Dogs? Yes, I watched the whole season like three times. <laughs> The very end of it. Remember the very time last time you see Gary Farmer, he's buck ass naked in the and, field. Oh, you get to see his yeah, blood again. Field. <laughs> yeah. So I was gonna, I was gonna take that a still of that, and then I was, I couldn't find a still of um, Philbert buck ass naked in Powell Highway, and it was Halloween time, and I was gonna put him side by side, and like, hey, fam, help me out with my Halloween costume. Which naked Gary Farmer should I go with? <laughs> <laughs> my son won as Gary as um, Philbert one year for Halloween. And oh, I did, did, he I did the side by side of when his arms are up, and I was like, yeah. "Yay, you look just like him!" His hair was all crazy. I was like, "Yes!" Um, oh man! But he was uh, just—he was just dressed like that one day. He had a flannel okay. and jeans on, and his, his hair was down. I was like, "You look like Philbert." So he's like, "That's gonna be my Halloween costume." But yeah. Oh man! It's yeah, cool I, I that like, it's um, cool that like I grew up watching it, and then my kids grew up watching it. Right, yeah. And so we like actually, that's generational we actually, now. I I uh do you remember what was it uh Cheech and Sham when they talk about uh 
He's like, beaters, take a, you know, go to night school for Spanish, get a B or however the lyric goes. I took Native American studies in uh, Bozeman uh-huh. and, um, and uh, Wayne Stein, the professor, showed us that movie. I've already oh. seen it hundreds of times, yeah. but I like watching it with a fresh audience, especially yep. uh, non-natives. And so that, that was the experience for me. And I'm like, uh, so every time I tell people I'm from the res, like, oh, you guys just watched Power Highway? I mean, anybody could do that. It's like, yeah, but it was fun, though. There's all these people have never seen it. Never and to seen see it, his, you know. Yeah, Professor Stein's almost apologetic take on it. You go, okay, you're going to hear some rough talk in this movie. This is how Nate is really talking to the rest. You know, like, right, with, right. Um, what's the guy's name? Uh, Wes Studi, his character comes in and everything, you know, and, and whatnot. So it's kind of cool to see all these Native actors when they kind of start getting big, you know, like uh, Graham Greene was in there for a little bit, you know. And, when they're but, still uh, fresh. I, I just, Still fresh yeah, and I just, smooth. <laughs> right. I just like the fact that when we run with it and do our own thing and our own take on it. So that's why I'm glad that you're getting out there. And um, where, where do people go? What's the website? What's the. Uh, so uh, the. No, 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 Newsy. Newsy. Res Girls. Is that what it was. Newsy Crow Girl is the Twitter. Crow handle. <laughs> yeah. it's, instead of Nosy Crow Girl, which is my real persona. <laughs> Right. Exactly. So new Newsy Crow Girl is the Twitter handle, and then Facebook and um, Instagram are Four Points Press. Four Points Press, gotcha. And then the website is fourpointspress.com. And uh, how do you uh, get to the Patreon? <laughs> and Patreon is patreon.com slash four points press. Four points media, I believe. I don't know. Yeah, There's so I, many I, handles. I know. There's like a lot of things that but that, though, that's the thing about empires, though. There's so many moving parts and so many things that you have to uh, think about to represent in different medias or different, uh, you know, social media stuff. But uh, I'm glad you're kicking ass at it. You know, oh, yeah. It's patreon.com slash four points press. So subscribe. So, Get the pop so, money side of it, at least. Yeah. So <laughs> if you guys want to join the Patreon, you can join at the um, friend level for $3 a month. And that's, um, hey, best friend, can I have a few bucks for a pop? Yeah. <laughs> and you get bonus access. So say we have a, um article that came out and there's extra photos or there's an interview on one of the articles. Um, we'll post the video of the interview or we'll post the extra photos on the Patreon for the um, for the friends. And then the siblings, the brothers and sisters of the of the website and the podcast, that's a ten dollar tier. And that's um, hey, sister or hey, brother. Remember you say remember you said you'd let me have ten bucks for breakfast burritos when you got paid. And that's bonus access plus early access to podcasts. So that's Wednesday drops for podcasts, plus all the bonus stuff. And right now, till the end of the year, you get a free sticker for oh, nice. each one of those. Merch. I love merch. Merch. <laughs> and we are having a merch store. I finally figured out how to link that on the website. Oh, I was so wow. proud. I had to watch a YouTube tutorial for that. Um, right. So uh, T-shirts, stickers, coffee mugs, to-go cups whatever else I can think of. If they let me sell cigarettes, I'd sell cigarettes, but they don't let you sell cigarettes <laughs> online. Um, <laughs> you got to go temporary tattoos about those. Yeah, temporary tattoos for your foreheads and your cheeks. Um, so whatever I can think of, uh, notebooks, maybe we'll do some notebooks so you can take notes and become a at-home reporter yourself. <laughs> I, you like it, be, I like you it. You can become my unpaid interns. and. Um, <laughs> 
Maybe I'll even put unpaid intern for points on it. <laughs> that that'd be a great tattoo, actually. Is unpaid yeah, intern. unpaid intern on your. Speaking arm. of which, you, you should get uh, newsy uh, crow girl across your throat. I mean, oh my god, right yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, that's how. Just to show how serious you are about it, you know. The world's biggest tattoo on my big old neck. Yeah, it'd be, um, it'd be cool though. That's just shows yeah. you're you're invested. <laughs> Right. I don't think I'll be getting any neck tattoos. <laughs> I'll get a tramp stamp with it. <laughs> Newsy girl. Yeah. girl. But Fancy. all of our socials are listed on our website. Good. So good. Good. Yeah. Go to our website no, or go fourpointspress.com. Everything's listed, and we have a PayPal if people want to donate. And all all the donations are tax deductible. We are a nonprofit. Good. So. It's, there you go. Good time. it's growing and um we do have premium content now since um, november's over everything was free in november because it was native american heritage month but now it's just a regular month and we don't care about natives anymore we're all we just regular people <laughs> we're all just regular people um so the premium content's 9.99 um just like you know, Spotify cheaper than Netflix. Oh yeah. Um, set it and forget it. <laughs> and then so anything that takes us longer than a few days to produce, so like um, big, big heavy duty articles, big heavy features, anything that has like four or five um, major sources or like two or three people that we have to talk to those kind of bigger articles our mmiw series is going to be premium content all of those kind of stuff they'll be all set to premium but our breaking news our local cop courts cops and courts news um local features like um emerging leaders all of that kind of stuff that'll all be free so there's gonna be tons oh, nice. of free stuff lots and lots of free stuff lots and lots of premium stuff it's going to be well worth the 9.99 oh yeah i like it i like it i love it for yeah. you yeah yeah good luck with it. I'm, good, glad, I'm glad to be part of it you know yeah part of the, uh, i can't wait to see myself on patreon so definitely yeah, check it out <laughs> and i'm looking for podcasters for the podcast network I saw, yeah, I saw you got uh, i saw you got i saw you got cal in there i, I love that guy he's well sweet. he got the chops he, he does. He does the. Uh, he did comedy with us when when uh, I first saw him on stage or ever. Honestly, well, I, I met him yeah. years ago. I guess at MSU back in the day. Um, but when he was doing comedy, I, I kind of wanted to come back and do it again. You know? Yeah, he's I so used, damn funny. I used um, to tease him all the time. You know, he's got to get up and do his stuff again. He but got guys doing a, um, a sports sports podcast. He was gonna, but um, his job told him he can't do a podcast. What? Yeah. Why? Because they are just making stuff up. I read their policy because he works for Social Security Administration. I read their policy and their their second job policy states uh -huh. that he can't represent Social Security and get paid outside of his regular office hours. That's the only policy they have in place. Uh, but they told him he man. can't he can't have a podcast. So I'm real bummed out. But I got two other guys who are trying to get approval from their bosses. And I'm like, why are you guys getting approval from your bosses? They're not your wives. Yeah, because I, I work in media. I'm, I am I don't think there's any sort of thing for me, as long as I'm not working in a direct market as far as 
terrestrial radio broadcasting goes. I, I could I could see that. There's like a we call it a um, uh, non competes. You know. That yeah, sort of thing. yeah. I get that, but tech, even though technically the podcast will be everywhere, if I you know once I get off my ass and actually get it going on, so <laughs> well, that's yeah. about Cal. Hopefully, do something else. With Hopefully, guys, he can. Know? I told him to. I told him, I said, well, if you really want to do a podcast, I said, tell them that they're violating their own policy because it's there's nothing in Social Security's policy. I read through the whole thing. Dang. And he's like, really? And I said, like, yeah, they're just yanking your chain. I'd be <laughs> like, you know, if I was Cal, I'd be going there like, don't you know what I can do? And then do the splits with his finger, yeah, you know? And, exactly. And he can like, do the splits. He can do that's, anything. That's impressive. That's impressive this is to America. me. America. You know? I'm a, I'm a large data man, but he's a yeah. large data man. Yeah. I, I can't I can't do that, you know. So uh, oh crap. I I'm out of uh I'm out of Lysol. Yeah, I better, I better we, get going here. So. Yeah, we better wrap <laughs> this up. Well, thank you for joining me on the inaugural yeah, Four Points and Friends podcast. I like it. Thank you. I can't wait to so, see it. <laughs> yeah. Especially on Patreon. So yeah, get the Patreon. Patreon, Patreon.com slash four points press on wednesdays for our friend our our siblings our patreon siblings and fridays on uh fourpointspress.com and all the major uh podcast platforms thank you so much to charlie the radio guru for coming on four points of yeah, friends yeah. appreciate you coming on and um yeah thanks for having me man it's been a blast first, yes. appreciate yeah, it very I can't much wait to uh, check it out so Everybody yes. subscribe and uh and uh, yeah i can't wait to see what else you got going on up your and sleeves there. before you capable. leave tell us where our listeners and our viewers can find you online and on the radio oh yeah because i i uh, was doing radio shows here in billings for this version of the zone 96.3 but now i'm on in bozeman 97.5 so it's the zone 975.com that's the stream uh, where you can get it. I'm on 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. weekdays, and I'll be doing weekends. I think starting this weekend, I'm, I'm, if I'm, mis I'm not mistaken, between 3 and 9 p.m. So, um, and then I'm also yes. on uh, the river. Well, not quite the river. It's, it's going to be called the River Classic Rock Station in Bozeman. There, we've got six new stations, and the zone's only one of them. So, we're getting the other ones all activated and everything, getting studio built. They're actually building me a new studio. So, I'm excited to be doing a new morning show in a brand new building on a new station and wow. uh so, so yeah you know we, we we all grew up at some point but uh and get do some cool stuff like that so i can't wait for that but um yeah but uh thanks for they're pulling out me. all the stops for you you're like a pretty yeah, I know, princess right? <laughs> yeah. your desert I'm mountain broadcasting's pretty princess i'm, a, I'm gonna have a, a, head, a set of headphones with a tiara on top of the part of it so. <laughs> i'm gonna get you a crown i have a yeah, i have right. a tiara i'm gonna send to you Oh, there you go. <laughs> Rock and roll. I Appreciate will. it, Luella. Well, yeah, thanks for uh, having me on and, uh, you know, good luck with everything. Yeah, anytime you want to come back on, let me know. I'm, yeah. I'm always here. I was here awesome. now with, I got a cell phone, so it's got the Zoom thing on it, you know, which is kind of gotcha. freaking me out. But yeah, exactly, right. <laughs> so maybe, maybe the next time I'll do it in Long John's. I've, I've done radio shows in my Long John's, right? <laughs> they have to be black, though, because, you know, I'm like not TV really news. Coordinated. Yeah, <laughs> they do. All right, then I'll bring it going. I'll right. go uh, pick up the kid from school. So I'll talk right. to you soon. Have a great day. <laughs> right. You too. Bye -bye. Thanks. Appreciate it. This has been a Four Points Media production. Your host is Luella Bryn. Audio production by Eric Bigman Bryn. 
Four Points Media exists to entertain and inform the public, as well as lift Indigenous voices in authentic ways. We can be found at Instagram.com at Four Points Press, on Facebook at Four Points Press, Twitter at Newsy Crow Girl, PayPal at Four Points Media, Patreon at Four Points Press, and on our website at fourpointspress.com. Thank you for listening.